0: It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the side and I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, and come back and see me. Three days to the living room. I realized it's all my fault but couldn't tell you. Yesterday, you forgiven me. But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hold it now and we'll watch the hood wink. Does it make you stop think. You'll think you're looking at. That- Summon fish to the dish Although I like the shallots Yes, I like the sushi Cause it's never touch a frying pan Hot like wasabi when I bust rhymes Speak like Leanne rhymes Because I'm all about value Bird campers got the mad hits. You try to match wits You try to hold me but a bus can I bust through Gonna make a break and take a bake Out like a sink and they can shake Out like vanilla It's the finest of the flavors going to see the show Cause then you'll know the vertigo Is gonna go cause it's so dangerous you like sign a waiver Can not help it if I think you're funny When you're mad Trying hard not to smile Though I feel bad I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral Can't understand what I mean While you say my mind I'm asleep have a history of taking up my shirt It's been one week you at me threw up in the Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host Bobby Skinner at Bobby Skinner NFL here with Danny Danny King at Danny King NFL We put the NFL in there so we make ourselves look smarter than we actually are. Danny, we got played by Russell Wilson.
1: We really did. He made us waste about 10 minutes talking about him last episode, only for him to go back and resign. I mean, we expected that to be the case, but I mean, like, he should have given us, like, like, he could have done this maybe, like, two days later for a little more dramatic.
0: Yeah, he definitely, like, like, because people are like, oh, how could you ever believe, like, this? Like, I, I fully believe that he put, like, the whole New York stuff out there to get himself that contract because it seemed, like, very serious. We're getting reports from everywhere. Um, but at the end of the day he wanted to stay in Seattle and he just played us so and and he and he did it while we were all asleep asleep on the east coast so i mean any quarter anybody who does that to us while we're asleep on the east coast uh i don't want them as my quarterback anyway so good riddance
1: No, yeah, like when I woke up, uh, at seven o'clock. I'm, I'm like, wait, it's the day after his deadline. So he lied about his deadline, and he, oh well, maybe he signed a tech. No, yeah, it was the or maybe they agreed to a West Coast time before midnight. But yeah, it's like guys who, as you said, guys who get their contracts up when us East Coasters are asleep. They're not, they're shady people and just altogether.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, but in seriousness, uh, uh, you know, like, like I'm being all seriousness. Like he did. Play the media like perfectly, and I think he probably had Honey Badger say something. Or I don't know. Honey Badger's been kind of acting crazy lately. Anyways, Russell Wilson is done, and I'm on to Josh Rosen, who we'll talk about later. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Dave Gettleman press conference. Before that, the schedule came out. Danny, give me two games that you're looking forward to the most. Oh, by <laughs> the way, by the way, we we get Dallas week one in Dallas for I think the eighth time in the past ten years.
1: Yeah, the, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, the, either they're too bored to make, put a different game there, or they just see how much money they can make, make each year from that game. I mean, I, I can't blame them in the end.
0: Well, we're the two fan bases where we just always believe in our team. and We're very cocky, which I like. And so yeah, you finish yeah. week one, and but one team is going to think that, oh, you know, we just won week one, we're in the Super Bowl, and the other team's like, oh, well, you know, it's all right, we'll bounce back.
1: No, yeah, that's how it always is. But one game I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to have to go with the New England Patriots because, as I I put out on the Twitter, this is most likely the last Eli vs. Tom Brady matchup we'll see. Obviously, I know your response to it saying, what about Super Bowl 54? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we all hope we can see the Giants and Brady in the Super Bowl one more time, but I don't see a world where these two teams meet up in the Super Bowl because the AFC is a really competitive div- division right now. It seems like the Chiefs just right now being the best team right now. The Patriots, we don't know what they're going to be. Yeah, it's, a,
0: it's the AFC, not that the Giants aren't going to make the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, the Giants are going to make the Super Bowl. That is common knowledge. <laughs> and I'm going to give you three games because I, I like to. One, the other game is obvious choice. It's the med Bowl. It's one of my favorite games to watch. The Jets and Giants fan base just bought in heads at each other. And I remember the last time we played, we lost by a field goal in the final second. So, I want that loss to be revenged immediately. And the final game is against Washington when uh, they come back home. to We get to see Landon play for the first time against us at Medlife Stadium.
0: Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the Patriots are probably the number one. Like I will, cannot wait to see those these two teams play. Uh, But on a personal note, Buffalo week two, I kind of have a personal rivalry with Bill's Mafia. Um, So that one's personal to me. And then at Tampa Bay week three, I'm going to be at that game. So, and I'm going to be there. And what's nice about being a Giants fan in Florida is when you do go to the games, there's so many other transplants down here with us that (laughs) we take over the stadium. I went to a Dolphins game a couple of years, the Monday night game uh, a, a few years ago, and Dolphins fans were literally getting bull- bullied by Giants fans. It was a great time. So that's a, that's one for me. Um at the end of the day, we knew who we were going to play. This the schedule is always it's always exciting whether people want to admit it or not. It is exciting to get the schedule. Uh but yeah, it's it's we actually start off with a fairly like doable uh schedule, you know. We start with Dallas, Buffalo, Tampa, um and then week 4, I believe is Washington. Washington. So those are, you know, four very winnable games. But anyways, let's get to the meat of the conversation. The Dave Gettleman press conference. And I get so excited for these every time I watch every second. (laughs) I take notes and they really don't say anything, but you know, you talk for 30 minutes and you're going to have to kind of play, you know, show your hands at least a little bit. Um, The couple things I took away, it doesn't seem like we we're going to take a quarterback at 17. Uh, he pretty much said, uh, Dave, they, you know, he was asked, like, can you – because he's like, hey, you always draft for value. And he's like, okay, like, can you see a quarterback you value being there at 17? And he said, no, no, no. And he kind of, like, backtracked. He's like, well, just any position, like, any, like, great – like, guy. we have an amazing grade. I don't see dropping there. Um. So I definitely do not see us taking a QB at 17. I didn't before, but that kind of confirms it, that – He's not going to, you know, take, he's not like if the Giants believe in a quarterback, they're going to get him as the pick six, which I'm a big believer in. You go get, if you believe in a guy, you go get him. So I don't see him taking anybody at 17. When talking about the QB position, he talked about toughness and dealing with adversity. Um, He says not taking the shots on anybody, but it kind of, you know, with my judgment of Haskins, it seems like a shot at Haskins who really didn't have to do a whole lot. he, he cited Eli's rookie year, the game against Baltimore, where he like a zero QB rating, um, and then the finals game where he uh, audible to a draw against Dallas with 13 seconds left. Uh, so yeah, he 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 kind of brought that stuff up. And the other thing, which I'm like, I love sixth round, seventh round guys. Like I love those. I love finding those guys and learning about them, and when they you know turn into starters and whatnot. But with 12 picks, Dave Gettleman has made it seem that. They're going to want to you know, trade up a few spots, and they're going to use some of those later picks as collateral, which I don't mind because there is a big gap between 37 and 96. A lot of good players going off the board in between there. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then the biggest thing, which we're going to talk about for a while, will be the Rosen. But, Danny, what did you get out of it?
1: Uh, I really had the same points that you had. The Giants don't seem committed to a quarterback. Obviously, if they see someone on their board that's higher and that he's at 17 they're going to take him i don't see the giants going quarterback at six i don't believe that i haven't had that thought for a while now i believe that's a defensive pick uh so there's that and uh as you said uh he seems like he he'll, he's willing to trade up because obviously 12 picks that's a lot of picks—and you've got a lot of mobility and as you said 37 to 96 that's a big gap in between picks and so he's He's gonna to want to move up, and this draft is very is stacked. Even though it does it's not like the last year's quarterback draft, there's this is a defensive draft, an offensive line draft. There are studs in basically every position you could ask for that you could get and make your football team better, and so. Also, this is something minor, but uh, on the whole trade it up thing, I've seen a report out there that the Dolphins and Giants could be a potential trade-in team. The Giants trade up from 17 to 9, the Dolphins go down. Obviously, that's just all rumors. Don't believe that until it actually happens. But I just saw that and hearing the whole, like, he's not afraid to trade up. But that's something that I'm really happy about because we're not going to be able to get many of the good guys if we just sit around and wait. This is a new era with Giants football because Jerry Reese was he was afraid to trade up because he just I'm not sure why Dave Gettleman, I believe he's the guy that will trade up he will be aggressive in this draft
0: yeah I would love to you know move up you know say from the third round to the second round because there's like, like we talked about there's a lot of depth in this uh, draft you know and there's going to be a lot of guys there that are you know be worth getting but something very interesting and now we're gonna hit this from every angle somebody asked Dave Gettleman. Have you had any trade talks with the Cardinals concerning Josh Rosen? He said, not going to go there. I mean, he shut that down quicker. I mean, he was kind of slow to answer some questions, but he shut that down quicker than anything, which kind of says something. And then on the Cardinals side, they made their hype-up video for the schedule, didn't include Josh Rosen, and then today they make a new one and include Josh Rosen. And then Josh Rosen was asked If uh, about the possibility of being traded today, which uh, I think that might be the first time I was asked those questions, where he responded, "Going up to quote, it's my duty to prove them right if they keep me, and prove them wrong if they ship me off." It's very weird that he's willing to answer that kind of question. That he's being that that question is not being like set off limits, and the fact that he's talking about being like that he could possibly be trading. I believe that this deal is essentially done. Obviously, the Cardinals will hold out uh, to see if they can get anything better. But I just, I just believe this deal is done. Uh, it's, you know Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very nervous because the longer it goes, the less chances of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I believe this deal is done. I think we will have Josh Rosen with the 37th overall pick, and that will be another reason why we'll probably trade up after that.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously the Cardinals came out and said uh, they don't have their pick yet for number one. I don't believe that because they they are for some reason, they they love Kyler Murray, it's obvious. Cliff Kingsbury back in Texas A&M says, I love Kyler Murray, and now he's the head coach with the number one overall pick of the draft. Kyler Murray is staring at him, and I, I, I just don't see a world where they keep Josh Rosen at this point, because I feel like they don't view him as the guy, and he wasn't Cliff Kingsbury guy. He wants someone that could be more mobile, and Kyler Murray could fit well in probably Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Obviously... There's multiple teams in the mix for Josh Rosen. Uh, I'm just going to name two because that's the only team I can think of right now. The other team, obvious choice is the Redskins because they need help at quarterback. They got Case Keenum and Colt McCoy sitting there. That That's not a helpful group to work with. Obviously, they could draft the quarterback. But I do expect uh, Josh Rosen to be traded within the week, next two weeks because the Cardinals, they'd be dumb to wait because if you have the 37th overall pick just sitting there on the table, that that's a valuable pick, 37. It may It's not it's the second round, but like the Giants got good value in their second-round pick last year in a guy named Will Hernandez. He's an, a beast of an offensive lineman. So if they wait, then the Cardinals are just a stupid franchise. you you got a valuable pick sitting right there in front of you. Obviously, I don't know what other teams have offered because it's been reported the 37th, 37th pick has been offered. So do I believe there's a deal done? I think maybe there could be, but as you said, the Cardinals are holding out trying to get everything they can for Josh Rosen. I would be shocked if he's back in Arizona next year, because as you brought up, they put out a hype video without Josh Rosen, and then they put out that same hype video again with Josh Rosen. Like, the signs are there, and him answering a question about being traded, like, he almost seems like he's accepted the fact that he could be traded, and he wants to go on and prove the Cardinals wrong, or prove them right if he does stay. Yeah, uh,
0: it's all things are pointing to that. Uh, the the Cardinals, if they are going to you know, draft Kyler and trade Rosen, that has to happen before the draft. Otherwise, teams are going to draft quarterbacks. They're going to get desperate, and there will be you know there might be like one suitor, and then then uh, everything that you you have no leverage. And then somebody today with the whole Kyler Murray thing said, uh, I, I, a Cardinals fan. I believe this Kyler Murray thing is just a big smoke screen. And I'm like, how is it a smokescreen? They have the number one pick. And they're like, uh, duh, to get the Raiders trade up. And I like, went to hit reply, and I literally just put my phone down. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I've been uh, arguing with people all day online. I'm not arguing about this. Uh, shout out, uh, Lou Riddick, the softest man at ESPN. Anyways, I'm saving that for Snowman Radio. Uh, <laughs> do we got anything else on the presser? Anything else before we go into the big nasties?
1: Uh, not on Dave Galvin's pressure, but this this is something I, I when I watched Saquon's thing, I it was a question that really bothered me. P- someone asked him like, "How does he feel that people are still hated thinking that John should not have picked Saquon Barkley?" And he had like the perfect response. He said, "If winning Rookie of the Year does this change your mind, then I don't know what will." And he's right. People saying that Saquon Barkley was a terrible pick, I don't believe they're smart people. I'm sorry. Because he is the best, one of the best offensive players of football right now. He's, he's a great running back. He's going to bring this team into the future. And if we get Josh Rosen, then teams are just going to shut up. But that's all I got. That's just something that bothered me. I had to get that if, off my chest. If,
0: Sorry. if we can get Rosen and Barkley, I mean, unbelievable unbelievable finesse. Now, obviously, there's a lot of luck involved with that. But unbelievable finesse to be able to get the guy you won at quarterback last year and like the generational running back. Um, so, yeah, all love to Saquon. Jabril uh, talked to the media today, Golden Tate. They're both excited, both, part, you know, happy to be a part of the team. Um, so, yeah, things are starting to click. You know, the team's getting back together. The boys are back in town. And we are one week away from the draft. Well, let me do this now because I'll forget after we talk about the office linemen, talk about next week's schedule. We are going to have the regular Tuesday show. We're finally going to get to the quarterback. Even though we did that in our first episode way back, we're going to redo that. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks. We didn't do Will Greer last time. we got to do Will Greer. So we're going to go through Haskins. We're even going to do Kyler, Locke, Jones, and Greer. Am I missing anybody?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. You know. Okay.
0: Tuesday. And then Thursday morning, you will have our pre-draft show. We're going to do a mock draft. We're just going to talk all things draft and then Friday after the draft, we will have a short mini episode talking about whoever we drafted in the first round, who, what we could see going happening in the second round. Maybe Josh Rosen's our quarterback by then. Um, and if Josh Rosen is signed or traded, you know, that's emergency episode right after that. And then, uh, the following week we will get back into, we'll look at every single draft pick and then the late in the, uh, the midweek show, we will talk about, uh, Every undrafted free agent, and we're just gonna keep we'll keep busting out episodes. We have a lot to do, so make sure you're following along. You know, at the at Talking Giants page, everything's posted there. And so, yeah, man, I, I am getting so excited for the draft. I'm getting so excited to find out which players will be New York Giants one week from today. By yeah, when, I, in fact, 30 minutes and one week from now,
1: let's,
0: let's say let's say one hour and one week from now, we'll be on the clock.
1: It, it's insane. I'm so excited. It's my favorite time of year. I love the draft. It's such a fun show to watch. Just a suspense thinking, will the team pick the guy you want? And yeah, it's just going to be a fun week. Great shows coming up. And we're just going to keep grinding out even after the draft. Football's almost yeah. back. We're so close. I know. No. So, so close. And speaking of getting
0: close and nasty, let's do a quick ad and then we're going to talk about the big nasties, the offensive linemen my favorite position because I played it. All right, here we go. Here's an app. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's look at the big, nasty sons of guns that get down and dirty that are going to protect the quarterback. And first, we're going to start off with a guy from my hometown. Grew up down the street from Cocoa, Florida, and he played for the Florida Gators. Ain't it great to be a Florida Gator. He's 6'5", 312 pounds right tackle jawan taylor the guy's the top rated tackle in the draft right now he's probably gonna go top 10 he started his freshman season i love jawan a lot i've been paying attention to his you know his whole career at florida he's great he has great patience in the pass pro um, like i said he doesn't he, you know he has the patience to where he's not going to open up his hips and and let someone beat him on the inside uh his run blocking i mean he's just a true right tackle he's great in the run I mean, he's just got a nasty streak a mile wide. He gets the second level like like no other tackle in this draft, except for maybe Jonah Williams. And when he gets there, he lays dudes out. It's hard to see, uh, you know. You don't see that very often. His footwork is really good, and he picks up twists with any awareness. I mean, really, there's I just don't see really many weaknesses with Jawan Taylor, especially if you're going to play him at right tackle. I'm I'm in love with this guy.
1: No, yeah, I love Dewan Taylor. I I didn't know much about him until I did my research on him, and I mean he's just a perfect right tackle, and that's the position we need. Sadly, uh, hate to spoil the parade, but he probably won't be available by the time we pick because I don't see him going six at for the Giants. But still, as you said, the guy he's powerful, long arms. He, he's just a beast in the run game. His pass protection is great. He doesn't open up his hips, or he doesn't like get caught in place, something like that. I just love Dewan Taylor. Uh, if Jonah Williams was not in this draft class, I think people would be calling Jawan Taylor the best tackle in this draft. Some people already call Jawan Taylor the best tackle in this draft anyway. Yeah, so. it's
0: really hand-in-hand hand with Jonah. Um, and to kind of talk about, you know, before uh, we move along to, to Jonah, I do see a scenario, now I don't think this is going to but I do you see a scenario where we get Rosen, and because Rosen is not a mobile quarterback, and pretty much, you know, left tackle to right guard were set with somewhat of a question mark at center. Uh, although, you know, I do believe in jalapio. jalapio. However, you know, however you feel like pronouncing it that day. I can see a scenario where we draft tackle at six. Um, we've you know, Gedman has shown how much he invests into the big boys. And now Remmers, I still see him coming once these physicals are done. But I and I don't see this happening. I don't think this will happen, but I definitely see a path to where we do take a tackle at that six spot.
1: I mean, yeah, that could be very much a possibility, and I'm with you. I don't see it happening, but maybe uh, Dave Gilliman, looking at, he's looking at his draft board, and he sees Juwan Taylor's ahead of someone like, uh, I'm trying to think of a name that could be available, Montez Sweat. I'll just use him as an example. Obviously, that he may not be ahead of him. That's just an example. Uh, he could easily go Jawan Taylor. Or maybe, as I said with that little rumor out there, the Giants trade up from 17 to 9, maybe Jawan Taylor is there. I don't expect him to because a team like the Jaguars could take him. But if he's there, the Giants, they must like Jawan Taylor because how can you not like a great right tackle? It's something we've struggled to have. We've had Eric Flowers last year and Chad Wheeler last year. Uh, We we really don't have a solid one right now, so you can't go wrong with Jawan Taylor. Definitely. Uh, The other tackle who I...
0: Like, I think you agree with me. I think this guy is the best in the draft. Uh, Jonah Williams, what do you got on him, Danny?
1: Uh, he's six foot four, three 302 pounds. Uh, the guy, he's just the best tackle in this draft. Uh, there's, so I'm, I'm going to go with the one thing I'm not a fan of with him right now. It's something like he can't even control. His arm life isn't the best. Uh, that's just me. Obviously, you could view that differently. But that's just nothing he can control. But still, he does great with that even with that issue. He's improved each season. He's great at finding and moving to his targets. He's able to sink and anchor when rushed. His initial steps out of his stance are quick and controlled. Uh, His hands are able to neutralize defenders. Uh, He's just a great tackle. Something that I've seen, uh, it was a report that uh, during the combine that some teams want him to play uh, guard, but he says he views himself as a tackle. Do you think he would be a good guard, or do you only view him as a, as a tackle?
0: He would definitely be a good guard, but he is a tackle. Um, he's got all the technique in the world. He's one of the most, like, he reminds me of Joe Thomas, and I saw that it was actually on a scouting report because he's just a technician. Like you said, his size is really his only negative. He's at 6'4", 329. His arm length isn't great, but with the technique that he has, he is a tackle. He's going to be a very good tackle, too. Um, he did break his leg in 2016. Just a little side note. Uh, uh, you know, he played. He actually played guards his, you know, beginning, uh, his beginning years at Oklahoma, and then switched to tackle. Or sorry, sorry, freaking my bad. Uh, we're jumping ahead. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking Cody Ford for a second. No, all right, Joe. I can't believe I just did that. I'm, I'm, freaking losing my mind. All right, so he <laughs> started all three years at right tackle and left tackle for Alabama, which is unbelievable. He Came in as a freshman. I, that pisses me off that freaking start reading the code. I, I started reading. I was like, wait, what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> um, started all three years at right tackle. He went up to Alabama early uh, to get in that sort program. And to start at Alabama at offensive line as a true freshman is just flat out unbelievable. You don't see that, um, especially in SEC. That is one of the hardest positions to jump from high school to college offensive line because of you know it's just a whole different level of physicality. His work ethic is amazing. He has an amazing attention to detail. He's one of the smartest guys. He uses angles, everything. I mean he's just gonna be he will always be smarter than whoever he's lining up across, uh, which and that in turn helps the guys that are next to him. Um in fact, I would almost love to see him at left tackle move solder over the right and just have him and Will Hernandez playing together and then let Zeitler like you know have like a young side and old side. Anyways, that's not gonna happen. I love this guy. Uh, everything works in C. His hands and feet are always in in sync, and that's so hard to do as a tackle. His footwork is amazing. He always keeps his feet underneath him. Um, He doesn't lean on guys. He gets to the second level with short, choppy steps. Uh, He doesn't overextend and let guys beat him underneath. Um, And another thing I was watching, I, I can't remember what game it was, but they were doing some double teams, and he would just always come off the double team at the right exact time and scrape off to the linebacker. That's something that's really hard to get timing to, and it's hard to trust your guard to be able to fill that in. He did a great job of scraping off uh, his, uh, but uh, yeah. So really, his size is the only thing. He you know he has quick bump punches. I mean, when if you're gonna like pop in some tape and teach a high school offensive lineman what to do, you're gonna pop in Jonah Williams tape. I'm in love with the guy.
1: Yeah, this little uh, callback to uh, last week with our defensive guys. But uh, from what I can tell, Quinton Quinton Williams and Jonah Williams are two of the smartest football players in this draft. It sounds like their football IQ is amazing. They're able to recognize so many plays that go on. And these two guys are just great players, and they're going to be – dominating the league for years to come. And Jonah Williams, whoever he goes, he's going to be a solid right tackle. I mean, I I wish we kind of had a quarterback right now because I would love to get Jonah Williams at right tackle because I feel like, personally to me, I feel like, obviously, you're the offensive line guy. I'm not the offensive line guy. But I feel like a duo of him and Kevin Zeidler would be good because Zeidler can maybe teach him a few things, like how Nate Solder, Tom Will Hernandez, we saw how that turned out. Or, now that I'm thinking about it, that makes sense, you could have the smart guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nate Solder, sorry, I forgot his name for some reason, and have him teach Jonah Williams. Oh, no, wait, no, they are different sides. I forgot, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Uh, I like the <laughs> Kevin Zeidler.
0: No, I, I know what you're saying.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but I like the Kevin Zeidler, uh, Jonah Williams side, and then Nate Solder, Will Hernandez side, if that ever did happen, that's just me.
0: Yeah, I love this guy. Um, where do you see him going? Because I just – I would love to see him drop, but I, just, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, I'm in love with this guy, though. I, I want him on my team so badly. I think every single position we do, I find one guy where I'm like, I want him on my team really badly. Yeah, it's just like you can't you can't have every single guy, Bobby.
1: Yeah. Although that's...
0: with the safeties and all of them, I was kind of going late round guys, so maybe I can get every single guy I wanted.
1: So where will Jonah? Be? There's uh, there's a high chance he can end up with the Jacksonville Jaguars because they need help. Uh, but I feel like they could go Jawan Taylor. I, I think, think they're, they're
0: gonna go Jawan. Jacksonville has this weird thing where they like to draft Gator players, like Florida players, Gator players to keep them in state. So I feel like the Jacksonville. I don't even know. That's like not good logic, but I feel like Jawan Taylor is going to line up uh, in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe Denver, because who knows what they're doing at quarterback. They need help, too. Who's, I don't think they have a solid right tackle now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe Denver. Uh, look at some of the teams ahead of us. Uh, maybe the the Jets. I'm trying to think, who's their right tackle? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, the, J- the
0: Jets are going to go defense, though. Yeah,
1: the Jets. Um, yeah, Josh Denver's Allen. Maybe,
0: because Garrett, Garrett Bowles, they have uh, him. I love Garrett Bowles. But anyways, the next guy we got on the list is Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. You just heard me talk about him breaking his leg switching from guard to tackle his, this past season. That's because I'm an idiot and read my <laughs> wrong notes. Anyways, thankfully I caught myself. Um, like I said, he switched from guard to tackle this past season. Uh, I really see him going back to guard. That's just the, where his, his play style uh, is. He's, he's an unreal athlete. Uh, he's nasty. He loves to get to the second level. He has an amazing first punch. The thing is, is he's sloppy. He plays sloppy. Uh, he lets his hands hang by his side and pass. Pro. You just can't do that at the NFL level. You have to have your hands up and ready to go. Um, but, like, he, he's an amazing athlete, so you can have him pull and stuff like that. I, I really think a team would do a disservice to try and put him a tackle right away. Um, I wouldn't played him a tackle his whole career. I wouldn't make this guy a guard because I think he can be an elite guard for years to come because he's just he, he's nasty in that run game. He gets after guys. Um, but like I said, his kick side is kind of sloppy. Um, he kind of it can be confused by pass rushers when they're using multiple moves. Uh, I like him, but I definitely see him as being a guard.
1: Huh, so that just made me rethink my logic and putting him at right tackle, because right there, that just spoke to me a little bit. But I agree with you, his play is sloppy. Uh, He overextends in run plays, body control is all over the place. Now I thinking about it, I do see his hands when they're just down out of side. So maybe you're right. Yeah, he wouldn't be a good right tackle because I mean,
0: the, all that stuff is teachable. So it's yeah. not to say that he can't play tackle. I and this isn't like oh he can't play tackle. It's just I think he can be amazing as a guard, and I, I just feel like it'd be like you know like Quentin Nelson. Like I'm sure you could p- pull him out and play tackle, and like in Chicago with um not uh, what's the long brother? Uh, it was his first
1: Kyle. Name, Kyle Long.
0: Like. He can play tackle, and he can be a very good tackle. But when you put him at guard, he's an all-pro guard. So thats it's not like a knock on him as a tackle. Because the okay. stuff that he's bad at, he can learn. It's just more of a, like, I just see him being really good as a guard.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I do agree with that. Uh, he's just something that he's got good pop with initial contact. Uh, he's able to bulldoze defenders. I like his downfield speed. That's impressive to me. But if the Giants do draft him, he's going to be playing right tackle. And, I mean, they have a great mentor, Nate Soldier to teach him some of the things to help him improve on some of his downsides. So that's why if the Giants do draft him, he, he's a right tackle. Whoever yeah, the 100%. 100%. Draft,
0: if, who, if he falls to 17, the Giants draft him, he will be our starting right tackle week one. Unless Mike Remmers comes in and they decide to play him,
1: yeah. Whoever the Giants, if they don't get Mike Remmers, whoever the Giants drafted this offensive line, they are a right tackle. Whether they like it or not, I'm sorry, that's the way it's going to be, most likely.
0: Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, do you? Uh, who do you got next, Danny?
1: I got scroll down. I got Caleb McGray out of Washington, coming in at six foot seven, three hundred seventeen pounds. Uh, this is just a question because I know you're an offensive lineman. Does the forty yard time matter for an offensive lineman? because i was just you, thinking like
0: it's I just fun like, we work on it but really you should the 20 yard shuttle what's matter because that's quick being agile um you know it's like those five yard bursts with a little 10 yard one in the middle uh so yeah I, really what you should look at is the 20 yard shuttle uh vertical jump you can look into a little too uh but yeah 20 20 yard shuttle is really what you want to look at when it comes for like speed stuff
1: all right, I just learned something new today. So, but uh, Caleb McGray, uh, something fun. He played defensive end and tight end in high school, but moved to tackle during his freshman year at Washington, which I found quite impressive. But the guy, he's overcome and faced adversity. He's got good, lean muscle mesh, great bull rushing, able to unlock his hips for more force on blocks. good second level radar he's unable to main but something i don't like about him he's not able to maintain blocks once he's like been forced to like move around like he then like struggles to regain his balance and keep hold of a guy uh people people say he could benefit from a wider base that's not me but that's other people but this is a big red flag for him uh he he has a heart arrhythmia issue he's been medically cleared but that that's just it's a red flag right there for I mean, that's, that's not the big, a hard issue, it's a big deal. Obviously, he's been cleared to play. Obviously, I'm not sure how that will affect his draft stock, but that right there, that was a huge red flag for me. Like, I like the guy, he's, he's a great tackle, but it's like, they're, they're, that's just right there. You got to make sure that it's nothing serious.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the last tackle I got on the list is Andre Dillard. He's a redshirt senior out of Washington State, 6'5", 350 pounds, or three hundred fifteen pounds, four-year starter at left tackle, which is, uh, you know, nothing to be, nothing to not be taken seriously. Uh, he's really athletic. He's great in pass pro. Um, everything works together. Uh, amazing in the kick sets. Uh, what I really like about him is his outside hand. Uh, when you know, because that's that's the defensive end's move It's, it's pull, pulling that outside arm and trying to take take hold of that shoulder and ripping through. Like that's like every defensive end. That's what they, that's their bread and butter is doing that. And he's great at punching with that outside hand and then loading it back in really quick swiping that, that outside hand of the defensive end off. So that's what he's really good at. The only thing is they didn't run the ball a lot. Um, So, you know, it's hard to trust him right away because he's, he hasn't been much of a run blocker. Uh, And especially if he's on the giants, like you're going to be running the ball a lot. So I don't necessarily know if he's a fit for the giants. Um, and, And, a lot of that stuff is technical, or, or sorry, he can be a little too technical where he's kind of overthinking stuff instead of um, instead of like a Cody Ford where he just goes out and mauls dude. He, like I said, he can, like, but I, that's, that's part of just not running the ball a lot and not getting in the rhythm. So that's what I have on Dillard. Uh, to move over to the guard position, Danny, who do you got?
1: I'll start off with the guy that uh, I have different from you. I got Connor McGovern out of Penn State, six foot five, three hundred and eight pounds. His bench press was twenty eight reps. Uh, I like Connor McGovern. He's experienced at both guard and center. He works well in double teams. He can't be bull rushed as easy as some other guards. He can redirect people during their pass rush. He can open his hips well. His hands aren't the best. His reaction times aren't that great either. And he's sometimes overset. Uh, So Conor McGovern, obviously, I believe we're both on the same page that the Giants won't be drafting a guard because they're pretty much set at guard with uh, Kevin Zeitler and Will Hernandez. But, I mean, he's a good guy, and whoever gets him, Conor McGovern, will really help out any team. Right. Uh, I got
0: Chris Lindstrom. He's 6'4", 308 pounds. He can play guard and center. Um, But I, I see him making his money at guard. He's athletic. Um. He's really good in pass pro. Like he—he's a king of pass pro. Like he keeps his shoulders back. He can slide. He can do slide protections with anybody. He's gonna mirror like anybody. You can do spin moves, stunts. He's always gonna—he's always good with that. He has great awareness. Um, he's not great. He's not great uh, in the run game. He kind of has to lean on guys. Uh, he doesn't really get his hands on guys as quick as as possible. But his like that's that's very wor- st- that's stuff that you can work on. Uh, and like you know, just getting your hands out quicker, uh, having your hands ready more often, because uh, he kind of relies on that. Like I'm always going to be in front of you. You're never going to get to the side of me. Uh, you can you're never going to shoot the gap on me. So yeah, Lindstrom. Uh, I, you know, we're not really looking at a guard, but he's somebody who will probably go late first, early second.
1: Yeah, I, I had Chris Lindstrom as my other guy, and I was a big fan watching him. Uh, he's very athletic. Oh, excuse me. He, he has a well timed punch, great balance and core. He has lateral speed. He's able to make good cutoff blocks at the second level. He's considered the most af- athletic interior lineman in this draft. Probably the one problem with uh, Chris Lindstrom is just his short arms. Once again, nothing he can control. That's just something that was forced upon him. And he just lacks upper body strength. So little issues that can be fixed. Not the arms, obviously. But the lack of upper body strength, he can fix that with just a li- little more weight. Okay. Definitely.
0: All right. And this guy... We probably should have went a little later rounds for centers, but I didn't want to not cover this guy. Uh, Garrett Bradbury uh, out of NC State. He's a center, 6'3", 306. He won the, uh, the Remington Award, which is the award for the best center in the league. Ran a 49240, 34 bench press reps. He actually came in as a tight end and, like, redshirted as a tight end. So the guy, like, And just very rare you see a guy from going from tight end to center. You just don't see that happen. The guy is an athletic freak. Uh, he's extremely strong, one of the strongest guys uh, in the draft. He's an amazing get off. He loves to just pop dudes in the mouth, which I love about him. Uh, he's great in pass bro. Um, now, because he's so aggressive and loves to pop dudes in the mouth and the mouth, that can kind of you know bite him in the ass sometimes because he'll he'll lean forward in the guys and he just wants to hit him, and that's where guys will run the swim moves on him. But you know, with good coaching, that can be you know taught out of a dude. Uh, like I said, he just mauls dudes, and, and he just loves to hit people, which, you know, that, like that, that covers a lot of sins for me. It's because you can work on other stuff, but if you allow to go out there and bang, like, it gets figured out. It reminds me of Zeitler. Um, now, he doesn't get great, get to the second level great. Partly of that is he's a little too aggressive sometimes where he overshoots and guys go underneath him. But listen, he's going to be a very good center for somebody. Uh, he's put in the work his whole career, and he's going to continue to do that and continue to get better. Uh, and he's the best center in the the nation last year, and he'll be the best center in this draft, I believe.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I looked a little bit on Garrett Bradbury. I had to look at him because people are talking about how good of a guy he is. So, I mean, you can't – I had to look at him, man. He's just such a great guy. And uh, as you said, the with the tight end, the center, that's just impressive. Uh, his footwork's great, He quick, quick recognition against defensive fronts, good muscle mass, hands are great. He's just slightly b- below average for a center, but still quite impressive. I've seen some people say that his pass protection benefited from a quick game and play action. Obviously, I'm not sure how true that is, it could have, but, I mean, Gra- Garrett Bradbury, if we didn't have John Jalapio or Spencer Pulley, I would like the Giants to draft him, but it seems like this center spot is Jalapio's spot to lose to Pulley. So, the Giants won't be interested in Garrett Bradbury. Uh, do you have anything else to add, or else I'll, co- I'll cover the last center I got?
0: Um, No, I just I, – I, I could see us going center because I oh. like Jalapio, um, but I'm not, like, sold. Like, Jalapio is the guy no matter what. Uh, now, I don't see that happening first round, obviously. And maybe this guy slips, and we can get him uh, if we, you know, trade up in the second round. Like I said, we, we very well may be trading up. So, you know, some some of these guys we talked about where we're like, oh, we – we just don't see an opportunity for it. Maybe that opportunity will arise in a trade-up. I mean, we know Dave Gettleman, he values the offensive and defensive line, and I'm uh, of that same mindset too. I kind of want to copycat what the Colts did last year, where they really went heavy O-line, D-line, um, and just get the like, – and that's what makes a team like the Colts go from trash to great. Now, obviously, I think Andrew Luck, who's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. But, yeah, so you never know with these guys. That's why I wanted to cover the better guys.
1: Yeah, you never know. And then the last guy I got, I, I had to cover him because his name—I I love his name. It's—it's it's Michael Jordan, out of Ohio State. Uh, Sorry, you broke up. That was Michael Jordan, though. Michael Jordan got. Ah, uh, yes, Michael Jordan. Just, Michael Jordan of Ohio State. It's, yeah, it's just a great name. Michael Jordan's got. He's a uh, six foot six, three twelve pounds. Uh he moved to center in twenty eighteen. He's got starting experience with both guard and center. He has better drive as a guard, from what I've read from but then from the tape I've seen, he's got a wide frame, uses his length to redirect linebackers, able to unlock hips well, takes time to get out of his stance. He's not the best at using his hands, really no good reaction time for him, and sometimes he takes too wide of a first step and it causes him to overshoot his block. Uh, Michael Jordan. He's a good center. Uh, I view him more of as a guard from some of the highlights I've seen comparing him to center and guard. So, Michael Jordan. Uh, could he be the neck Could he be the Michael Jordan of the NFL? Who knows? Maybe he we could. We got do that.
0: we got a Michael Jordan is in this draft. We got Michael Jackson, the cornerback from Miami. We got a lot of really good names. A lot of land names. Uh, this, when I remember we talked about the safeties. It seems like ten, two months ago, even though it was probably like two weeks ago. The names are just amazing. Yeah, Michael Jordan's a guy. Uh, you never know. We we see if we get him. Anyways, we have just covered the big boys, the big nasties, the guys that most people don't like to talk about, but we love to. And this is our final episode. Next episode is going to be draft week, and it's just this whole week. It feels wild. Uh, make sure to follow us. Uh, and we're going to do some stuff for Silman Radio. Uh, Dan and I have to talk to you about that tomorrow. Um, we might have to have you do a, a small impersonation? Anyways, Ooh. yeah. So just kind of keep your eyes and ears open. Maybe a Trey Wingo thing. Um, I might have to tell you to... Sh- we'll, we'll talk about it. Just keep your eyes and ears open for it. Uh, make sure to say, hey, if you like what we're doing, these, these draft stuff, uh, make sure to you know hit the subscribe button. That's very important. That's how you remember us. Uh, and then if you're feeling frisky, leave us a little rating and review. Tell us... Tell me what do you think about tell them what's the worst thing about me leave leave that in the review and whoever leaves the most vile thing we'll 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 talk about that on the show but it has to be five (laughs) stars though uh so yeah leave the most vile comments of me uh listen there i mean there's a lot there i got called a racist today because i said lewis riddick is a tv boy because i guess because he's black um you can't use a boy so if uh you can't have like Barnacle. Like, thank God SpongeBob didn't make Barnacle Boy uh, a black guy because they would have been racist. Uh, so yeah, I, I I learned about myself today that I'm a racist. Um, so yeah, just just leave the most disgusting stuff about me. I'm six foot seven. I'm a little overweight, and I'm very ag- abrasive. So leave whatever you want. Talk trash about me. Anyways, until next week, until draft week. This is Talking Giants. That's Danny. I'm Bobby. Let's go big blue